Welcome to another Abiding Thought. Uh, I want to extract an idea that um, is seen throughout the New Testament as it relates to Satan. Um, Jesus in John's Gospel says that he is the father of lies. But I want to read from uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now, in relation to that, um, or similar to that, um, in Acts chapter 5, when it talks about Ananias and Sapphira, and we know how they lied about uh, proceeds that uh, from land that they had sold. And so I want to begin in, in chapter 5 of Acts, beginning in verse 1, it says, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? My point of reference here is, is on a number of levels. Number one, we know what that Satan cannot possess believers in the same way that uh, when we speak of those who are demon-filled or demon-possessed in the New Testament, we know that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Being sealed means that we are marked as the purchased, redeemed possession of God. And to that extent, Satan cannot possess us in the same way that he possesses, say, an unbeliever. But here's something else that we see in Scripture. We also see that even though we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, and we are given the faith, uh, we are given, are given the gift of faith, whereby we claim the righteousness of Christ and are covered by the blood of Christ. We know that Paul says that we, anyone who is in Christ Jesus becomes a new creature. But we also know that our old nature remains. So the issue then becomes, what does it mean to be influenced or filled or used by the devil, even though we are believers? What it doesn't mean, as we said in number one, that we are possessed by the devil, that we become enemies of God. We know that's in the way that we see demon possession in the Old Testament. Here's what we do see, though. The fact of the remaining old nature in us, which means we are inclined away from God. Therefore, not only is, is, uh, does, does Peter say that Ananias has been filled by the devil. But we even see Peter himself, after he has confessed at Caesarea Philippi that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus begins to talk about what he must suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. Peter says, no, I will never let that happen. And then Jesus says of Peter, get behind me, Satan, because you are concerned not about the things of God, but the things of man. So here's the question. Can Satan influence spirit-filled, regenerated believers. And of course, spirit-filled, regenerated, that's the same thing. In other words, we know that we belong to God, but can Satan influence us? 
And there's no reason to believe that Ananias was not a believer. There's no reason to believe because Jesus already claims Peter as a believer. And in fact, even later, prior to his arrest, Jesus tells Peter that Satan has already desired you. He wants to sift you, but you'll be strong. My point is this, because of the reality of our fallen nature, to fall under the influence of Satan is simply to, to follow the dictates of our fallen nature rather than consciously seeking God's word, not only to affirm who we are, but how we are to conduct ourselves. So here's, here's my overarching point. How does the father of lies influence whatever else he is? The scriptures call him a liar and a deceiver. So how can Satan deceive those who are the purchased, redeemed people of God? And my answer is this. By causing us to see ourselves good, bad, indifferently, to see others not through the grace that we have received, but according to our fallen inclinations. Here's what I mean. God says that we are wretched, that there is nothing good in and of ourselves. The deception that Satan would like to use for us as it relates to any acts of mercy any virtue that comes from us, Satan would deceive us into thinking that it's more than it is. That somehow the good that we do ought to merit something from God or even cause people to like us more. Satan would, would love for us to stand on our own merit. We know that we are created for good works. Satan would deceive us into thinking that our good work stands on its own. Flip side of that, Satan would deceive us in our moments of failure into thinking that we are as bad as our sins are. In other words, he would have us not hear the grace of God that even this is forgiven, but Satan would deceive us into thinking that we are wretched, that God doesn't love us, and especially as we feel the weight of our own guilt and we are ashamed of it, Satan would have us believe that we are undeserving and somehow have separated ourselves from the love of God that's in Christ. Satan would have us believe, not just when he says that he's, when the scripture says that he is a deceiver, it's not just that he presents false information, even though that's part of it. Paul addresses this in his second letter to the Thessalonian Christians, where he talks about the man of sin that would, would, would God would give him lying signs and wonders. So yes, there are people, and we see it even in the book of Revelation, that there are false narratives that Satan would incline us to believe what is false instead of what is true. But more importantly, on a, on a pragmatic level, on a daily level, 
the father of lies, the great deceiver of the whole world, would either have us believe we are as good as we think we are when we've done good, apart from seeing our good as being mediated through the person and work of Christ, and he would have us defeated when we fail, like Peter after the resurrection of Jesus and he had denied Christ three times and Jesus goes to him and tells him, feed my sheep, because Satan would have us rather fish for fish because we don't feel that we deserve to be called into, into the service of God. How many of us have heard the old saying, God won't use a dirty vessel? Well, that's the deception of Satan, thinking that the only way that he will or can use us is if we are spotless, as if we are clean, as if we have deserved something from God. And then when our flaws are exposed, we somehow think we are no longer worthy to serve. The deception of Satan towards the people of God is to have us believe something apart from what God says about us through Christ. Here's what God says. In fact, let me read from Paul's words in Colossians. And Satan would, would argue against that. He wants us to believe another narrative so that we stand either in human pride or in the dungeon of guilt. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11, uh, yeah, I'll begin in, in verse 11. It says, May you be strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let me pause there for a moment. Here's where Satan comes in. On the one hand, he would tell you that you've qualified yourself. You made one step and God made the second rather than you've been qualified by God. But on the other hand, Satan would tell you that your actions and your affections, your struggles has disqualified you. God says you've been qualified to join and participate in the inheritance of the saints in light. Satan says you're not qualified or you've qualified yourself. But then he says, um, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Satan would somehow have you think, even in religious terms, that you're trying, you're striving to enter into the kingdom. Rather than what God has said, you have been transferred out of the kingdom. You've been set free from the kingdom of, of, of or the domain of darkness. You've been set free. But when you listen and you are in the midst of your guilt and you see some television preacher telling you that if you just get this oil or if you just do this, then you can break the bondage. That's to believe the lie. That's the deception of Satan that you are not already broken. You have already been taken. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness. Even as the remnants of darkness remains within you, God has already transferred you into the kingdom of his son, 
and he's delivered you from the domain of darkness. Satan would have you think that the kingdom of his son is earned by your righteousness. Satan would have you think that your failure, your, your shortcomings, your sins that have been exposed has somehow caused you to be expelled from the kingdom of light. And now you need to earn your way back, rededicate yourself. Those are the lies that he lives in. But listen to this. God says definitively and authoritatively that not only have you been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son, but in his son, you have redemption and you have the forgiveness of sins. The deceitfulness of Satan, the lies of Satan, mitigate against the truth about you that God has communicated in the gospel. Brothers and sisters, here's the reality. We don't always feel like the children of God. We don't always act like the children of God. We don't always sound like the children of God. But if you believe that Jesus lived for your righteousness and died for your sins, you are the children of God. And Satan would fill your heart to believe that there must be something else that you must do. Or that deed that you've done, that, that thing that you've left undone, is the thing that keeps you from being in full possession of the kingdom of God. Satan is the father of lies, and he doesn't tell us the types of lies that says blue is green and green is, is red, even though that may be something that, that attracts some people. But the greatest lies that he tells believers is we are what we are in and of ourselves, and that we are not what God says we are by virtue of our faith in Christ. How do we combat that? by knowing who we are in Christ and by declaring and by recognizing that nothing anyone else says, we can never be separated from the love of God because our faith is in a risen Savior. And everything that God says to us is through Christ. And everything that God says about us is because of Christ. And Satan would have you in your moments of pride or in your moment of shame think that you are other than loved, but you are loved. Think on it.